Go podcast is brought to you by The Sanctuary. For more information, please visit www.thesanctuarychurch.com. I started a new series last week on the Holy Spirit. Uh, if you have your app, open it up. If you don't have the app, get the app. Uh, there's so much stuff in there, and you can grab that on the go. But also, we have hard notes. If you're like, oh, I like hard copy, I like pen and paper, great. We've got those too. I got some stuff I want you to walk with today. Uh, I want to focus on the beauty and the power and the truth of who the Holy Spirit is. I want you to hear that. Uh, I feel like sometimes we've kind of missed it in regards to the Holy Spirit. Sometimes I, I think, I, I saw this picture, and it, it just and when I saw it, I was like, that's the way we handle the Holy Spirit. It's like this, this guy looking at the Grand Tetons. Watch this. Uh, uh, there. Uh, there it is. Okay. I saw this picture, and I was like, that is so the way Christians treat the Holy Spirit. Now, I, I, let me just back up a bit. I, I know what's really happening in the photo, okay? But, but when I first saw it, I was like, that is so true. We have something magnificent in front of us, but we're busy staring at something unimportant. I, I know what he was doing. He was looking at this board, right? He's trying to, he's like, okay, so here's the information. You ever do that? You just take a picture of it. This animal sleeps at night, you know, that kind of a thing. I, I know what he was doing, but, <laughs> but you know what we're doing? We're so busy getting the details. We're, we're busy, we're trying to find the elevation, the snow caps. We want to find out all, all about global warming. But in the midst of it, we're missing what's right in front of us. And I believe that the majesty of what God has for us in regards to the Holy Spirit is caught up with, so the Holy Spirit does this, the Holy Spirit does that. Okay, now I know about the Holy Spirit. No, that's not the way it is. I did a 55-miler with the Boy Scouts several years ago, a backpacking trip. And I got to tell you, there were times as we're hiking in the the mountains, I'm I'm hiking, and I just had to stop. And the Scouts would turn around, are you okay? No, I'm just taking it all in. Just the majesty of being in the mountains and looking at these, the, the, the elevations, the rocks, the every, everything is happening. A lake in the middle of nowhere, you're like, Where, who put this lake here? For me. And, and so I, I want to take it all in. Um, but I think sometimes we get distracted thinking that it's about the knowledge of it. And here's what Jesus said. He said, he, he said you put your nose in this book looking for eternal life. Watch this. But you got to come to me for that eternal life. This book talks about it, but you got to come to me for it. And, and so a lot of us just go, Holy Spirit, okay, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh-huh. and we put it down. Now I understand the Holy Spirit. Or watch this, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I don't get it. I, I believe either of those is a wrong choice. And that's what this series is about. I, I want to get into that series. So today, I want to look at a few things that are revealed about the Holy Spirit. And today, I'm talking about uh, living with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit living with us. Uh, and I'm going to start with some information, but information is designed to be digested. Because if it's just information and it doesn't create transformation, there's a problem. If it's just knowledge and it doesn't get applied, it just stays as knowledge. But God wants us to have not just knowledge, but wisdom. That's what the Bible's for. And when we take the Bible and go, okay, I'm going to apply that to my life, now you're smart. 
we've got some of the, the most knowledgeable sinners on the planet. We know what we ought to do. We're just not going to do it. I, I know the right thing to do in this situation to say, etc. I'm just going to do what I want to do because I've got a plan of my own. I want to talk about that this morning. So open up your Bibles to the book of John. Come with me, please. The book of John, the good news of John. There are four good news books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. There are some blessings that come when we are empowered by the Holy Spirit. And I believe that it comes with a conditional qualifier, right? If then, right? That's that's what I want to get to. John chapter 14, John chapter 14, starting in verse 15. I'm going to read through verse 17. Watch this. Jesus talking here. This is all in red in my Bible, right? So if you love me, obey my commandments. If you love me, do this, okay? Now watch this. And. He's continuing. This isn't a separate piece. It's all together here. In verse 16, he says, And if you love me, obey me. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. Jesus was our first advocate. Jesus, an advocate, is like an attorney. That's probably the best translation for us today. Is someone who stands up for you because you can't stand for yourself. So Jesus was the first advocate, stood up on my behalf and said, this guy's a knucklehead, right? Uh, I found him stray. He's a stray puppy. Can I keep him, dad? You know, kind of a thing. That's that's what happened. He was my advocate. But he said, I'm going to leave you another advocate. Watch this. I will ask the father and he's going to leave you another advocate who will never leave you. He's never going to leave you. He is the Holy Spirit. He will never leave you. He's the Holy Spirit. He leads into all truth. The world can't receive him because it isn't looking for him, doesn't recognize him. Beloved, I don't want that to describe me. I don't want to be the world that isn't looking for the Holy Spirit. See, again, we go, I don't get it, so I'm going to... The world isn't looking for him. I'm looking for him all the time. Holy Spirit, you got to empower me. Holy Spirit, I need you. Holy Spirit, I need you in this situation. I need you in this circumstance. I need you in this conversation. I need you in this, this thing that's happening in my life. I need you with my finances, with my relationships, with all these other places. Holy Spirit, I'm looking for you. He says this, but you know him. This is what I talked about. He lives with you now and later will be in you. Last week I talked about the Holy Spirit in us. This week I'm talking about the Holy Spirit with us. What does it mean to have the Holy Spirit living with us? Well, I think first is we got to start obeying. I think we need to start obeying. We talk about love languages all the time, right? Acts of service, gift giving, quality time. What about obedience? If you love me, obey my commandments. This is God's love language. This is how he functions. He, he knows, oh, that one loves me because they follow through on what I ask him to do. I know the ones who love me because they obey me. And see, we don't work. This is not about working to receive the Holy Spirit. We, we just welcome the Holy Spirit through our obedience. And that obedience, again, is the key to everything. And this advocate that we're receiving, this advocate's a wonderful thing. This Holy Spirit, look at John, John 15, verse 26, says this. I'm going to send the advocate, Jesus continuing on the same conversation. I'm going to send you the advocate, the spirit of truth. And he's going to come to you from the Father, and he's going to testify about me. This is who the Holy Spirit is. He's not an assistant. Everybody, we, we got to stop thinking of God as the, as the holy assistant. 
God, God didn't send us an assistant. And, and the big difference between an assistant and an advocate is an assistant helps us with our agenda. An advocate sets the agenda. See, the advocate goes, you can't do this on your own. Let me tell this is what we're going to do. This is the plan of action. This is what needs to happen if we are going to, in, in our particular case, in our modern context, if we're going to win this court case, the advocate says, here's how we're going to approach this case. But this advocate that Jesus sent to us says he's going to lead us in all truth. He's going to lead us through life. And so this advocate sets the agenda. And he begins to remind us a constant reminder, and not a reminder like a post-it note. You know, you fill out a post-it note, you stick it on the mirror. Remember, you know, put it on your steering wheel, bring home milk. You know, not that kind of reminder. This, this is not a paper reminder. This is a person reminder, a person reminder. In John 14, 26, he says this. When the Father sends the advocate as my representative, I'm not going to be there anymore. I'm taking off, but I'm going to leave you an advocate, right? When he sends him, that's the Holy Spirit. He's going to teach you everything and remind you of everything I've told you. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Holy Spirit is just this great reminder. And he reminds God's people about God's word. He makes it come alive to us. See, when we do this, we go, I don't get it. I don't get it. That's the time to go, Holy Spirit, help me get it. That's his job. I can't tell you how often I pray this prayer. Holy Spirit, do your job. <laughs> Just like that. When I'm lacking comfort, when I'm nervous, when I'm anxious, I go, Holy Spirit, do your job. You're the comforter. Comfort me. When I, when I don't understand, I open up the Bible, I go, what? I don't get it. Holy Spirit, lead me in all truth. Do your job. I want to encourage you to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. And I, and I want you to know this. He starts with a conviction regarding sin. That's where it starts. He's like, <clears throat> well, let's get started here. In John 16, 8, he says this. When the, Holy, when the Holy Spirit comes, the advocate, he will convict the world of its sin. And, watch this, of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. This is what the Holy Spirit does. He goes, hey, by the way, there's this, there's this. You got you to clean this up. You got to stop doing this. You got to do this. He, he directs us. So let me start filling these blanks with us. Come on with me. Come fill these in. Get your phone. Get your, your app going. The Holy Spirit, the first one is energizes us with power. With power. Especially when we feel we have no strength left. I don't know about you. I just get tired. Whether it's parenting, marriaging, right? I'm just like, oh my gosh, life. I'm tired. I'm like, please, can we just stop already? And I get tired. Well, the Holy Spirit energizes us. And I think I don't know about you, I, I have a tendency to get anxious. I begin to think about the ifs, what if this happens, and what if that happens, and God forbid that I should read WebMD. You know, I open it up, it's like, oh, I've got earlobe cancer, I'm sure of it, you know, it's like, ah, you know. Listen, the anxiety, it just wells up in you, and, and the world around you is doing this. Be anxious, be anxious, be anxious, be anxious, be anxious. Headlines, be anxious. Friends, be anxious co-workers be anxious oh man the deadlines are coming we got to get this done this thing has to be turned in nothing be anxious be anxious but but we're not supposed to be anxious and here's why and this is the this is the promise that i keep quoting it's in the book of psalms verse 27 it says this the lord is my light and my salvation come at me bro that's what that's what that says the lord's my salvation why should i be afraid the Lord's my fortress. 
He protects me from danger. Why should I tremble? This is the prayer that I pray. This is what the Holy Spirit reminds me of, puts that post-it on my brain when I walk into a mechanic's uh, uh, shop that I don't know. Someone says, go to this mechanic. I'm like, I don't know a mechanic. And you know, all mechanics are ripoffs. Apologies to any mechanics. I'm just saying, you know, okay. All right. And listen, oh, you can never trust a mechanic. I, and here's, here's me. I go, oh, no. You don't want to screw with me. I'm one of God's kids. And he protects me. Don't mess with me. Right? And I make this prayer. As I get out of my car, I go, listen, you don't want to take God. This is what I have, what I'm a steward of, belongs to God. You mess with what belongs to God, you mess with God. One plus God's a majority. You don't want to do that. Right? And so I pray that. I go, Lord, you protect me. Watch over me. Be my fortress. I don't know what I'm getting into here. Does the Lord remind you that you don't have to be anxious, that he's on your side? That when you get into a situation, you're like, oh, man. And I start to get nervous, and I go, I don't know what I'm going to do here. I go, Lord is with me. God is with me. God is for me. He, is, he wants the best for me. And when I start going through these difficult times, and we've all got difficult times, it's so easy to listen to ourselves rather than what the truth of God's word says. That's the truth of God's word. I'm not on my own. I'm not doing this all by myself. He's walking with me. He's protecting me. I, I don't, oh man, I gotta face this whole situation alone. I gotta go into the boss's office alone. I gotta deal with my boyfriend, my girlfriend, my husband, my wife, my kids, this situation all by myself. No, you don't. He's with you. God says he's with us. And the Holy Spirit brings this kind of hope, this power. And I know for me, it becomes a confidence that I think almost can pass for arrogance because I am so sure that God is for me. And if God is for me, who can stand against me? Come at me. What, what do you got? What's the best you got? You got nothing compared to my God of the God of the universe. The, Jesus, the Christ, he is the son of the living God. My God's alive. Don't mess with that. And, and that, that confidence, again, can come across as arrogance because I am so sure. And what happens is God begins to speak God begins to speak in those situations. When I'm uncertain, he begins to bring certainty. He brings things up out of scripture and he speaks ideas through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit begins to speak. He gives me thoughts, gives me suggestions. He puts impressions into my mind. I want you to know something. When the devil is prompting you, when the devil's talking to you, it's called temptation. When the Holy Spirit and God starts talking, it's called inspiration. Devil starts talking to me, he's distraction. Go do this, go do that. It typically has to do with me. It's self-serving because I am self-serving. I am self-centered and I am arrogant. The Holy Spirit, when he starts speaking, it's usually to bless someone else. When, when it's about blessing myself, it's probably, I've figured out a little pattern. Whenever I hear these thoughts, you should bless yourself right now. I go, that's probably not God. You should do this for you because you deserve it. I go, oh, I don't know if that's the Lord. But when I hear, hey, go buy that person's groceries, go help that person, go talk to that person, encourage that person, that's typically the Holy Spirit. I've figured out his little pattern. And the Holy Spirit brings God's truth to our mind. And that truth is what brings us power. But in order for the Holy Spirit, watch this, to bring the truth to mind in a situation, like when I walk into a mechanic's shop, right? In order for him to bring the truth to my mind, watch this, I gotta have the truth in my mind to bring to the forefront. But if it ain't there, it ain't coming out either. And I'm going to keep coming back at this, beloved, over and over and over again. I'm going to tell you, we've got to have this in our lives. We've got to get this into our heart, into our mind. 
And we, we're, we're so faithful at keeping up with the news and keeping up with this website or that. But we've got to be faithful with this. Because this is what the Holy Spirit uses. He goes, hey, this. And he brings it to mind. I go, oh, peace. Oh, this is good. But that, that word has to be in us. I find I have, I have a few friends that, uh, that just don't know Jesus. They're just not surrendered to him. And I find that when I'm hanging out with them, I start talking like them. See, I've put coarse talking behind me. It's, you know, they use the F word like an adjective. You know, it's just instead of um, they just use the F word. Oh, that's why I was effing this and effing that. And, and all of a sudden it starts coming out of me. I go, whoa, what's happening? Because that's what's going in, that's what's coming out. And I want you to know when this is what's going in, this is what's coming out. It comes out at the weirdest times. That's what this Bible's talking about. The Bible, the scripture's talking about. The Holy Spirit brings it to the forefront. He reminds us of these things. So when we're reading, when we're studying, we're storing God's word. I want to store it up. I want to keep storing his word inside of me. Here's the second piece. The Holy Spirit enriches, enriches us with love, especially when everybody around us is driving us crazy. They're irritation. Yeah, that guy's a jerk. You know? No, wait. He enriches us with love. And there's a big difference here in being enriched by love. The opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is fear. It is fear. Perfect love casts out fear. And the thing is that fear takes over. See, love looks for opportunities to give. Fear is self-protecting. It is self-centered. It's self-agendaed. That's what fear does. It, it, it builds the walls. It's, ah, right? I, love has us moving forward toward other people. Fear has us withdrawing. I'm just going to be all by myself. Love is a sign of trust. You know what fear is? Doubt. I'm just not sure. What if this happens? And, and I don't know if it, and I, ultimately, I don't know if God's for me. I don't know if he's got his best in mind for me. And so fear comes in. The problem is love has lost its distinction. Love has lost its definition in today's culture. What is love? How do you define love? Is it affection? You know, two people fall in love and then they fall out of love. Oh, I just happened to fall into love. Really, you fell into that? I, I thought love is a choice. See, we think of love, oh, you know, this is my, this is my golf partner. I love being out with my golf partner. Really? What? What, what is love? Is it romantic? How do we define this? I'm going to give you a definition that I work with. This is my working definition of love. Love gives what's best unconditionally and regardless of the cost. Love is selfless, and it seeks the highest good for the other person. That's love. If I, if I could encapsulate it all down, it, it's, it's, I, just, I, I, have to, I have to give the best for them, it, regardless of what it costs me. This kind of love, I, I'll be honest, I have a hard time with. It's a, it's, it's a constant battle for me. But this kind of love found its fullest expression in God's love toward me, in God's love toward you, in God's desire. God's desire is for us to love one another this way, to love with one another unconditionally. I want to read something to you, and you're probably familiar with it, but I want to read it to you. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It's called the love chapter, right? And so, but I want to read this to you because I, I think if I, if I read it slow enough, maybe it'll sink in. You've probably heard it before. I don't know. If you haven't, get ready. It's a treat. If you have, get ready. It's a treat. 
1 Corinthians chapter 13, starting in verse 1. I'm just going to read through verse 8. If I could speak all the languages of the earth. Beloved, that's a lot of languages. You talk about, I would now be a universal linguist. I could speak to anyone on the planet. If I could speak all the languages of the earth and, not just that, of angels. I'm kicking it up a notch. But I didn't love others. I'd just be a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. I could speak every language on the planet in that little tiny tribe that's found in the Amazon jungle that nobody, no human is talking. I could talk their language. But if you don't love, you're wasting your time opening your mouth. That's serious. This is love. Watch this. If I had the gift of prophecy, what is prophecy? If I understand all of God's secret plans and possessed all the knowledge, if I knew everything, and if I had such faith, catch this, that I could move mountains, that's some serious faith. Watch this. But I didn't love others, I would be nothing. This love thing is serious. giving it away here this love is only possible through the holy spirit in us the holy spirit with us i cannot love without his attention to me watch this verse three i'm only in verse three folks if i gave everything away if i gave it all to the poor i sacrificed my body i could boast about it but if i didn't love i'd gain nothing in the process love is patient love is kind Love isn't jealous. Love isn't boastful. Love isn't proud. Love isn't rude. Love doesn't demand its own way. Love is not irritable. Love keeps no record of being wronged. Love doesn't rejoice about injustice. Love rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. Love is always hopeful, and love endures through every, I love this part, every circumstance. I'll come to that in a minute. Prophecy, all the stuff we talked about before. Speaking in unknown languages, tongues, I talked about that last week. Special knowledge, it's all going to become useless. But you know what? Love's going to last forever. I, I think we need this. I think we need this love. And I got to tell you, the Holy Spirit is the one who gives us this kind of love for one another. Some people say, yeah, well, I'm just not the demonstrative type. Get over you and become the demonstrative type. Here's why. Watch this. Because God was the demonstrative type. He demonstrated his love for us. Let's quote it. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. Talk about demonstration. And I think, wow. Th this is what I'm after. This is what I, this will make the difference. And when the church, listen, I'm not talking to those who don't know this truth. I'm talking to the church. When the church begins to love like this, the world will be turned upside down. And they'll be talking about it for centuries. Isn't that what we're doing today? A love like this came down and died on the cross for us, and we've been talking about it for centuries. Who is this Jesus? We're still trying to figure it out. Imagine if you, you, him, her, them, me, we, we all began to love like this. 
the world would stop, take notice, and then say, I gotta hang out with those people because they're patient, they're kind, they're, they're not jealous, they don't demand their own way, they don't keep a record of, who doesn't wanna hang out with those people? People don't wanna hang out with the church. Do you know why? Because we're not kind, because we do keep a record of wrong, because, like, ah, let's be the church who loves, and it's only possible again through the Holy Spirit. I want to show you some attitudes. Here, here's uh, these uh, down here, this bottom part. I'm going to skip over verse, uh, the third one for now. Let's get to these strategies for loving well. We've got to love each other well. We've got to love people well. The first thing is we've got to accept others for who they are. Not for who we want them to be. Well, if you do it my way, then I'll love you. That's called conditional love. And we've got to love people and accept them for who they are. Love isn't supposed to break down when the other person doesn't live up to our expectations. You know, I loved you when you were doing what I wanted you to do, but now that you're not doing what I want you to do, I don't love you anymore. That's called falling in and falling out of love. That's common. Aren't you glad God's love didn't disintegrate when we let him down? <laughs> we we got to keep loving people when they let us down, when they disappoint us. we got to keep loving them. Second piece is be patient with people's progress. we got to be patient. Got to allow room for growth, development. Allow, allow room for the maturity in people's lives. I am so glad I am not who I was five years ago. You are glad I'm not who I was five years ago. I'm glad I'm just, I'm growing a little bit more each day. But imagine if you treated me, we don't see each other in five years, and you assume I'm the same person I was five years ago. You ever, you ever had that happen? Happens when I go to like high school reunions, I go, oh, that guy was a clown oh, wait, that was me. See, I, I got to allow room for God to do his work in people's lives. And if we're not doing that, the real problem happens is that we hold them to these expectations that we have on them. Philippians, Paul says this, he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. He's going to finish what he started. And that's what I got to believe. When I get judgmental, what a goofus. What a Dewey, right? Really? That guy, really? Oh, wait. God is working. God will be faithful. He started something in him. He's going to finish it in him. Most of the times that conversation happens in my mirror. What a dummy. Oh, wait. God started something in him. You see, I got to leave room for people. Third, we got to connect with other people when they hurt. This is a hard one. Nothing is more comforting than having someone else to be present when we hurt. Romans 12, 15 says, you got to be happy when people are happy. And be sad when people are sad. Comf just be mourning when people mourn. Here's, I, I, as a pastor, part of my role in, in, in being a shepherd that God has called me to, part of it is I do funerals. And I can't tell you how often I do a funeral where people have expectations for how people process, right? So one person's over here, and they're laughing and telling jokes about the person who died, and this person's over here crying, and this person goes, why are they crying? All they do is cry because the person died. And this person over here is going, why are they always joking? All they do is laugh about because the person died. They're both processing in the way that they process. That's, there will be a time, and there will be a time. And they'll flip, and, and that's what happens. But we've got to leave room for that. God started. It's God's business. Let, let him take care of it. Here's the last one. Desire what's best for others. Ooh, that's a tough one, right? Because it's not about what we can get. It's about what we can give. The problem is 
all of this, accepting others, being patient with others, connecting with others, desiring what's best for others, I, I just don't do it. I, I honestly, I don't have the capacity to love like this. When I read 1 Corinthians 13, I don't have that capacity. But here's, here's the kicker. The Holy Spirit helps me to do that. I can't do it on my own when I go, okay, you gotta love this person better. It's gonna fail. But here's what Romans 5, 5 says. I love this. This hope that I have in Christ, that Christ has done something for me, that the Holy Spirit, the advocate is coming, this hope will not lead to disappointment. Here's, here's why, ready? Because we know how dearly God loves us because he's given us what? A house, a car, a job, no, no. None of those things that are so incredibly tangible because God has given us the Holy Spirit to do what? To fill our hearts with his love. That's how it's gonna be accomplished. Holy Spirit, I need you to get, I need you to get this for me. Here's the third piece, last one. Holy Spirit enlightens us with a new perspective. Holy Spirit enlightens us with a new perspective. We've gotta grasp this life we got to live as loved. The Holy Spirit helps us get this perspective because it's his job to magnify Jesus. And when I say magnify, I mean both kinds of magnification. A telescope takes something that is huge and shrinks it down and brings it close so it can fit in my eyes. A microscope takes something that is small, enlarges it, and puts it into my eyes. See, the Holy Spirit does both. When you open this book up and you go, I don't get it. Jesus is just so big. He goes, let me shrink this down so you can get it. When you look at it and you go, oh, it's just too small. I just don't, I don't understand. It's, it's just too, too intricate, all the details. All right, let me expand something for you. Let me point something out to you. And so the Holy Spirit is busy doing both of those things for us. That's why we need them. That's why I wake up in the morning. Holy Spirit, I need you today. I'm going to screw up this day if you give me a chance. You better come in now. Perspective is going to shape how we see things. In many ways, it influences us. Our perspective influences the choices that we're making, our actions. It shapes our thinking. And ultimately, it impacts our life. How we see things and how we view people and how we look at people the way they look at us, the way we think they look at us. We assume they're looking at us in a certain way. You ever found yourself thinking, where's God? Where's God in all of this? Man, I just, ugh. And the more you ask, where is God? The worse you feel. It just kind of confirms the fact that, you know, God's not here. It's one thing to know that God is everywhere. The Bible clearly points out that God is omnipresent. In other words, he is all things in all places at all times. That's the way the Bible describes God. But there are times, I don't need to know he's everywhere. I just need to know he's here. <laughs> Forgive me, but screw that. I know he's everywhere, but he's not with me. And it's hard. It's very hard. Because that's when I feel most alone. Like, I thought he was for me. I see he does that for them. He does that for them. He even does this for these people who don't even love him. Why does he do things for me? The Holy Spirit helps to keep life in perspective. The Holy Spirit allows us to do this and, and, and have this life. He pushes us forward. I go, yes, this is the thing that I want. I want God to function through me. But the problem is, 
is if we're not careful, we allow our feelings to dictate our actions. We allow the stuff that we feel to skew our perspective, and we start questioning whether God is anywhere. On the back of, of this sheet of paper, come down here with me, please. On the back of the sheet of paper, it's at the bottom of your, of your uh, app as well, on your notes. Let, let me read this to you. When, and not if, when I've got situations and circumstances where I feel lonely, I feel insecure, I feel afraid, I feel uncertain, I feel depressed, I don't know what's going on, I feel like, ah, what am I going to do? Anybody encounter any of these feelings? This morning, <laughs> right? This is the way it happens. Here's what happens. I feel this, and fear takes over, and then I isolate myself. Rather than, here's what I want to encourage you. When you're feeling lonely, read Hebrews 13.5. When you're feeling insecure, read Psalm 16. When you, listen, when, you, when we begin to feel things, let's talk about stuff that doesn't change. When we talk about things that do change, I feel this. And then five minutes later, I don't feel that anymore. Anybody, please? Am I so alone up here? Please tell me you do this, right? Okay. I struggle in this area. I feel this so deeply. I feel frustrated. I feel defeated. I feel, and here's what happens. When I run with those feelings, I gird them up. I, I make them stronger. But when I feel those feelings and I stop and go, because those feelings come and go. The grass fades, the flowers wither, but the word of God stands forever. So I'm going to go to the truth of what is always true, has always been true, and will always be true, rather than focusing on that which is temporary in the moment I feel this. I am frustrated. So my parenting, when I just when I take off on that, right, and I, I feel angry. You know what I do? I and we bark, yell, etc. Okay? Rather than watch this, I'm feeling so frustrated in my parenting. Lord, how do I parent? And I go to the word and I say, and the Bible's full of knowledge about how to parent. Did you catch what I just did? Full of knowledge about how to parent. But without application of the knowledge, we're just bad parents. But when we apply the knowledge, we become wise parents. Go ahead and apply that to business. Go ahead and apply it to your finances. Go and apply it to your relationships, your decisions that you're making. This truth has always been truth. My feelings, they're here today and gone. Give it five minutes. I won't feel the same way. Anybody? So I, I, I just want to encourage you. These things, the Holy Spirit has these things for us. As we move into worship, worship can come on up here, please. As we move into worship this morning, I want to pray for us because worship makes all the difference in the world. All the difference because it is aligning us away from our feelings. We feel so deeply. Most of us feel these things. And so as we worship, oh, and by the way, July 21st, July 21st, July 21st, we're going to have a worship night in the Father's house, 6 o'clock. We're going to meet in the Father's house We've got it. There's no sound equipment over there. It's going to be something so wonderful because, and I'll be talking about it weeks coming up, the Holy Spirit helps us in our worship. Helps us go, hey, hey, get your mind right. Get your, get your thinking correct. That's, that's the best part. One of the best parts of the Holy Spirit is helping us function in our worship. But I, I want you to hear this. 
as we go into worship this morning, it's very easy to then go, okay, so, okay, what time do we have to meet those people for lunch? And are we going to Denny's for the shrimp special? And, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, we just get distracted. I I was on my app. Now I'm on Instagram. Put away your phone. You don't need it. Not during worship. What you need is the Holy Spirit to change the way you think, to shape the way you're feeling. And so I want to pray for us to do that. And then, during worship this morning, I'm going to be out here in the foyer out here praying for people. If you are here and you're encountering something specifically like, I need the Holy Spirit to break through in this area, whatever, whatever that area is, I'm going to be out here praying for people. Just through worship. You know, I, could, I, could just, I, I just need some guidance. I need some, I, I'm not going to give you any guidance. I'm going to pray that the Holy Spirit gives you guidance. Because that's what he's here to do. Let me pray. Father, we are here, and I'm thankful. We got to be together this morning. We got to hear your word. I pray that it would align us, that your word was, oh, that's where I'm missing this piece. And as we go into worship this morning, you would encourage us, comfort us, bring us peace. We seek you above all things right now, Father God. We seek you and to worship you. We, we put all things to side. We create margin right here, right now, a, a space for you to come in. We push all things to the edge. Holy Spirit, this is your time. Father, you've been searching for those who will worship you in spirit and in truth. It'll be done here. We join you. You don't join us. You've invited us in. We've, we've answered the invitation. Let it be so in Jesus' name. Let it be done.